I am really excited about this encounter series as as I was just in prayer for 2020. That was just a word God was just speaking to my heart. Herbert, I want you to help people encounter my presence because one moment in the presence of God can change the course of your life. And so I'm super pumped about this series beginning March the 1st. I really believe the Lord's going to do a great work as people encounter the presence of Jesus Christ. And I do want to welcome all of our locations today. We're one church in uh, five different locations. And I also want to welcome all of our guests today. If you're new with us to People's Church, uh, no matter what campus you're, you're, you're attending today, we love you. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, we hope that you feel welcome. If you're looking for a church home, I hope you don't have to look any further. I hope we can become your spiritual family and help you on your spiritual journey. And just a big welcome to all of our guests today. And I, I want to say this, church, if you missed last Sunday night... Oh, my, 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 my. I tell you what, did God move? Uh, uh, the snow, we had to cancel our miracle service because of snow. So we had prayer and fasting. Then we we're having a miracle service last Wednesday night, but it snowed, so we had to cancel. So on Sunday morning, I came and told the church tonight, on short notice, tonight we're having a miracle service. Didn't know how many would come, but we had almost a thousand people show up, and man, God moved. I believe miracles happen. God is at work in our church and in the hearts and lives of people and it's an exciting season we're getting our Indianapolis campus ready right now the building for our Indianapolis campus is going it's underway uh, the project is underway the remodel is underway I'll be showing you some pictures soon on this facility that we're getting ready hoping to move that in there by the end of March so a lot of work happening we're ordering equipment in the next week or so so we were narrowing down the equipment choices for light and sound and all the audio, video, visual, and all that happening. So it's just coming so quickly. And I want to thank you for your faithfulness. And I had to just thank, thank, thank someone. I don't know who you are. It's the first time in the history of People's Church this has ever happened. But someone in our church cashed in some of their stock. And they went through a third party and told the third party, we don't want to be identified. And last week gave $100,000 to help us with all of our projects. So I don't know who you are, but I thank you. Whoever you are, thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your love for the Lord. Thank you for your love for this vision. We're going to steward it well to see more change lives. Come on, we can thank the Lord for more than that. Come on, can we thank God right now for all that he's doing in our church, all the miracles that are happening, all the lives that are being changed. Thank you for your faithfulness. And yes, Yesterday, the marriage conference was amazing. God, I mean, don't miss our marriage conference. God is at work in marriages. Pastor Jimmy and Irene Rollins from I-5 Church just blessed our hearts yesterday. And Pastor Jimmy is back today to continue our series, Not Today, Satan. Next Sunday, I'm going to wrap up the series with a powerful message, not today, Satan. There's going to be donuts and coffee, but they're going to be Jesus in the house next week as we wrap up the series. Come on, I'm excited to wrap up the series. But Pastor Jimmy from I-5 Church is going to preach God's word today. He's got a powerful message. I love this man of God. He's real. He's authentic. God has done such a work in his life, in his marriage, in his family. There's an anointing on his life. God is using him all around the, uh, the world, speaking at Hillsong and, and conferences and churches. And I'm just honored to have him as a friend and as a preacher of God's word. Pastor Jimmy, man, would you come and bless our hearts today with God's word?
What's up, People's Church? How y'all doing this morning? Y'all ready for a word from God today? I'm so excited to be here. Uh, all the way from Baltimore, Maryland, right outside of Baltimore. And uh, we passed a church called I-5 City. Uh, no, it's not when the iPhone 5 came out. Um, it's actually, the I stands for impact. And in uh, Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 through 46, Jesus has a conversation with his disciples. And he says this, he says, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. When I was a stranger, you invited me in. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick and in prison, you cared for me me. And there we find five missional points to our church in Baltimore. I stands for impact and their five is food, water, shelter, clothing, and care. And we believe that God has called us to be the tangible hands and feet of Jesus in our city. Amen. And I'm just so honored to be here in Oklahoma City and uh, just what God is doing at your church, what God did at the marriage conference yesterday was absolutely mind-blowing. Just I, I believe that your best days are ahead of you and your worst days are behind you. And it was just so good to see so many couples begin the journey to walk in freedom. And, and that is the heart of this church and that's the heart of your amazing pastors. And I just want to take a second just to brag on them. Uh, uh, you know, there's people in your lives, uh, in your life who are resources, and there's people in your life who are a source. And I thank God for the source of, of, of Herbert and Tiffany and their entire family. I thank God for you being in our lives and you being a brother and a sister to Irene and I and everything that you've sacrificed and you've dedicated and you've given up for this vision is worth it. Can we let them know how worth it it is right now and honor your pastors? Amen. Somebody's like, okay, okay. Also, uh, uh, just my, I'm, I'm away from my family today, and they got a picture of my amazing family. They're so lucky to have me. Uh, can you put a picture of my family up there? That's our crew right there. Uh, and that's, that's me there. Uh, my wife of 20 years there on my lap. It's been about the best five years ever. That was yesterday's story. Uh, my daughter Kayla there with her hand out with the green and white. Uh, she's at Highlands College. Uh, then my son there, Jaden, he's at a soccer tournament. Today he's 17. My oldest is 19. Then my little girl, Maya, she's my favorite. Um, she's, she's 14. She don't require money yet, right? Like, so she's my favorite. But it is so good to be, and, and all the parents with teenagers know what I'm talking about, right? It is so good. Uh, to be, I'm honored to be able to give God's word today, and I believe that God will meet you at your level of expectation. So if you are expecting something amazing from God today, not from a preacher, not from a church, but from the Lord today, I believe that God will meet you at your level of expectation. Can I get a good amen right there? Amen. amen. I don't have to train this church. Like, you know, uh, like I, I need y'all to talk to me a little bit, preach back at me. Don't let me do this all by myself. And, and uh, you know, we got a B3 organ up here. Don't start none, won't be none. I'll get on the organ and we'll go old school, you know. Uh, well, go ahead and tell your neighbor. Go ahead and look at your neighbor. I'm going to make you talk to your neighbor. So go ahead and get, get, get comfortable with it and, and tell the person sitting next to you, I'm glad you're in church today. Come on, tell them. I'm glad you were in church today. Now look at the other person on your B team, the one in second place, who you chose second, and tell them you look like you need a whole lot of church today. Come on, tell them. Like, you look like you need Jesus today. Amen. And hey, we're going to have fun. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to preach this word. Uh, if you open your Bibles to 2 Kings uh, chapter 4, a little Old Testament 
uh, today. And, and uh, this is one of my favorite passages of scripture, just in, in the potential of what God can do in your life, the potential of what God can do in a church. I, I, how many of y'all believe and know that the local church is the hope of the world? I, I honestly believe that. Like, like, like it's the local church that changes communities. It's the local church that helps change people that go out and change cities and communities. And I, I'm so glad that God, you know, doesn't call us, you know, because of us, but he calls us in spite of us. I can't believe that I get to team up with God to change the world. It says here in 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7, It says, one day, the widow, a widow of a member of a group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, my husband who served you is dead, and you know that he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come. The creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you, Elisha asked. Tell me what do you have in your house? She says, nothing at all except the flask of olive oil. And Elisha said, okay, I can work with that. Borrow as many buckets, as many empty jars, as many empty vessels as you can from your friends and your neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask The little bit you have left into the empty jars, the empty buckets, setting each one aside when it is filled. Here's a miracle. So she did as she was told. The miracle is happening. Her sons kept bringing her jar after jar, and she filled one after another. The Bible says here, soon every container, every jar, every empty bucket, every empty vessel was no longer empty. It was full to the brim. Bring another jar, she replied to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said, now go sell the olive oil and pay your debts. And you and your sons can live off of what is left over. It's amazing to me how this woman moves from a season of not enough to more than enough. It's amazing to me how she is looking and not concentrating on what she doesn't have, but actually what she does have. It's amazing how she doesn't have a surviving mentality, but a how can we thrive mentality. It's amazing to me how she says, I'm not a victim, I'm gonna be a victor. And I'm not gonna focus on my pain, I'm gonna focus on my purpose. I want to preach to you over the next few minutes on the topic, this house. Can y'all say that with me? Say this house. This house. This house is anointed. This house, the house of people's church, it's the house where lives are changed. Come on, if you have a testimony of that, you'll say, man, you'll say, yes, absolutely. Come on, pastor. It's a house where marriages are brought back together again. It's a house of Authenticity. It's a house of unity where different people from different backgrounds, from different socioeconomic classes can come together in this house. This house is anointed. This house 
is where freedom is. This house is a house of peace. This house is a house of breakthrough. And if you've experienced any level of breakthrough in your life, you'll celebrate God for about 10 seconds because of this house. Huh. Something special about this house. I get an opportunity to preach. Uh, as Pastor Herbert said, all over the country, all over the world, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, there is something amazing about this house. In fact, I want to encourage you, please do not call regular what others would call revival. Because something is going on at this house. Man, it's not, it's not common to have worship that is this good and anointed and where there's humility on the stage. It's, it's not common where everyone's nice. Come on, somebody. You come to my church, y'all be like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> Something special about this house. The word of God is preached at this house. The anointing is at this house. I love there's something special about this house, but can I encourage you that God wants to take what's going on at this house and bring it to your house. Oh, I feel Jesus right here. I want, I want you to know that you ain't seen nothing yet that the, your best days is your house is, a, is, is ahead of you. I, I, I don't know if there's strife in your house. I don't know if there's grief in your house. I don't know if there's bankruptcy or foreclosure in your house. I want you to know that you are under the anointing of what God is doing at this house. And if you'll serve this house, the word of God will serve your house. Your house can be free. Your house can be delivered. Your kids can walk in the freeing power of Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, the word says that if they're a part of your family, that your whole household will be saved. Your relatives who are not walking in the freeing power of Jesus have no choice. They will be saved because they are a part of your house. What we need is more houses in the community that are like this woman's house. Let me give you some context. The Bible articulately says that this woman, she's married to a prophet who is of the company of prophets. He would have had status. He would have been well known in the city. And in those times, her husband, he would have been financially secure. They would have been respected. People would have, officials would have come to them to find out what's going on in the trajectory of the city. But the Bible says that her husband died. Her husband represents her security. Her husband represents her connection to God. Her husband represents her substance. Her husband represents the presence of God. Her husband represents a prophetic word. Her husband represents a direct channel to God. And the Bible says that he died. What is she going to do? How is she going to hear from God? How is she going to get a ride to church? How is she going to feed her sons? How is she going to pay the bills? What happens when your connection to God has died? What happens when you you don't feel it like you used to feel it. What, what do you do when you've been praying and reading your word and worshiping, but you feel like something in your relationship with God is disconnected? Maybe you are not like me, but 
Even as a pastor, sometimes I'm like, God, are you there? The Bible says not only has her son, has her husband died, but it says, watch this now, her sons, the creditor is now coming for her sons. Who's the creditor? The creditor is the one that the father owes. And Hebrew law says that if the father dies early, that the sons and, 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 and passes away with debt, that the sons now have to pay off or enslaved to the father's creditor. Oh, my God. Can I encourage you that as a country, as a, as a nation, we've got to be used to understanding the, the power of spiritual strongholds and what gets passed down generationally from one family member to another family member. I, if you look at your family tree, the creditor has been busy. Come on, somebody. I'm not talking about the creditor of, of, of Nissan Finance, come on, or of Honda Finance. I'm talking about this guy right here who, who wants to operate in spiritual debt. I'm talking about this guy who is after a generation of young people. If you look in our city, in Baltimore, 348 homicides last year. The creditor has been busy. The creditor has caused our country to be racially divided. The creditor is coming and people are in food deserts and people are hungry and homeless people are on the streets and God is looking for a house that says I'll do something about it. That's why I love the vision of your pastors. It says, man, we got to plan another campus. Why? Not to, to have a bigger church, but to have bigger impact in the city. The creditor. The creditor is coming. The creditor is after our young people. The creditor is after their identity. The creditor is... Is, is, is causing them to be raised by social media and raised by television. And, 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 and there is no uh, what is right and what is wrong. The, the, the creditor has lowered our standards of righteousness and, and holiness and, and standing up for the things of God. And, and I'm here to tell you, not today, Satan. Come on, somebody is saying, not today, Satan. Not my kids, not my house, not this generation, not this church, not this city, not these people. People, somebody has to get a passion and says, no devil, not today. This woman, something special about her house. Her house represents the potential of the church. Her house represents the power of a local church in a city. Her house represents the possibility of how one house can change a city. I believe that God is building the church to do what? To build the nation. The church has to have bigger influence. The church has to have more people with jacked up past that come to the freeing power of Jesus Christ so when people come in, they can find their story and they can find hope that they can be set free and they can be delivered and they can be healed. But we got to stop being judgmental. I tell our church, be careful not to judge people because they sin differently than you. The creditor has come. And I love that there's some things that this woman acknowledges that brings a miracle to this city, even in the midst of her mess. 
Can I encourage you that God loves you too much to leave you depressed and stressed and with anxiety and with fear and and, and the enemy reminding you of your past and, and where you used to come from? The enemy, let me tell you something, he is already defeated. Something special about this woman's house, number one. You want a miracle in your house? I do. Come on. I'll sign up for a miracle today. Come on, somebody. I'll take a miracle right now. I want a miracle. I want to be a candidate for God to do something amazing. I want to do something for God to blow my mind. Couldn't believe that God was just waiting for your expectation to see what you have in your house and stop talking about what you don't have. Uh Uh-huh. We've given the enemy too much credit. It's time to stop telling God how big your problems are and start telling your problems how big your God is. Come on, somebody. There's something special about this woman's house. Number one, how God is going to bless your house, how he blessed this house. And she said, this house is about others. Can you say that, can you say that with me? Say this house. It's about others. Now just say this house. Come on. This house. Some of y'all are like, mm-mm, ain't saying that. You ain't telling me what to do. This house is about others. We live in a, a selfish generation. We, we, we live in a, a, a society that is all about us. Like if you got four, you're like us four and no more. Us five, I'm just keeping us alive. Come on, y'all, I got bars. God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask think just for me. Uh-uh. This woman shows us that when we focus on others, He also serves us. The Bible says that Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom, which says to me that when I serve others, not only am I giving them bread or food or water, but as I serve naturally, God does something supernaturally. So I'm giving you bread, but I'm also giving you the word of God. I'm giving you a bottle of water, but I'm also giving you, uh, come on somebody, a, a conduit to the Holy Spirit. This house has to be about others. It says one day, the widow of the member of a group of prophets came to Elisha. She cried out, my husband who served you is dead and you know that he feared the Lord. And then it says, but now the creditor is coming to take my two sons as slaves. I love that. She puts her focus on the next generation. Her passion is for other people. She says, man, it's just not going to be, I don't want God to just do it in me. I want God to do it through me. You are blessed to be a blessing. And I'm telling you right now, I've come to understand that that the way that God keeps blessing me is I keep helping others. And and the way that I keep receiving miracles in my own life is when I help others, you know, get to a miracle. I've learned as a pastor, we've got to start sowing where we're going. Come on, somebody. We've got to start believing in other people. She says, man, I got a passion. Her passion was for other people. God sent her a word. Elisha came by her house. He says, what do you want me to do? She says, there's a generation at stake. I got to get free. I got to get delivered. Something has to happen in my life, not just for me, but for my kids' kids. Because, see, see, here's what I've told our church. If you're not going to believe God for yourself, believe God for your seed. 
I, I, I believe God has something for the next generation. I don't, I don't believe that what we're facing right now is what we're always going to face. I believe there's got to be some houses that says we're going to be about others. In John chapter 4, Jesus has a conversation with his disciples. And I don't have this in the, on the notes here, but maybe you know heard about the woman at the well. In John chapter 4, this woman is a Samaritan woman. And back then, Samaritans and Jews are not supposed to have relationship with one another. They're not supposed to talk to one another. This woman has been ostracized by her own people because of her lifestyle. She has to go draw water at noonday at the hottest time of the day because she doesn't want it. She's not accepted in her own circle. And I love what Jesus says. He says, we have to go through Samaria. I love that. Because what he's saying is, is like we got, we got to stop going around the issues. We got to stop ducking the issues. We got to say, no, we're going to go through Samaria. Why? Because if we're going to reach the city, we've got to be willing to go through and to the city. If we're going to change the problems, we can't keep ducking around the problems. We're going to go to the problems. If we're going to change the homelessness in our city, we're going to have to talk to homeless people. This house is about others, so... Jesus is hanging out with his disciples, and they say, man, we're, we're hungry. Jesus says, I'm hungry too. He tells the disciples, why don't y'all go to Popeye's and get that chicken sandwich? <laughs> Peter, don't hurt nobody. <laughs> nobody cut anybody's ear off. Just make sure we're not on YouTube. So they go out to get Jesus a meal and they come back and they see Jesus talking to somebody he's not supposed to be talking to. And they say, Jesus, what's going on with this? Why are you talking to this woman? You said you're hungry. And Jesus says, stop. And what Jesus does is he says this. He says something that I believe we all need to adopt. He says, my food is not your food. My appetite is not your appetite. He says, my food is to do the will of Jesus, of God who sent me, not my will but let thy will be done. I'm telling you, church, we've got to be Christians who don't keep full on the things of God, but we feed others when we have been fed. We leave outside the four walls of the church and take the church outside the four walls of the building. Church doesn't start when service starts. Church starts when service is over because you don't go to church. You are the church. Somebody say, this house is about others. Come on. What was, uh, what, was, what was also special about this woman's house? She lived to serve others. Number two, this house is anointed. I love this because I'm old school. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about old Ron Cannoli. Anointing, follow me. And let the power of the Holy Ghost Follow me. Where y'all old school people that way? Gotta anointing follow on me. Touch my life. Something special when I hear about the anointing. Second Kings 4.2, what can I do to help you, Elisha says? Let me ask her a question. Tell me what you got in your house. He says, man, I, I don't have any money. I ain't got any friends. I don't have any influence. I don't know how much potential impact that I have. All I have is this little jar of oil. Oh, my God. 
I bet you Elisha just like, what? Isn't it crazy how we tell God everything he already knows? Yeah. <laughs> I ain't got no money. I ain't got no job. I don't have no friends. Because you mean, uh, 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 you know, God, uh, and he says, no, 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 stop talking about what you don't have. Tell me what you got left. You have to understand that before all of these people was in this room, there were just two people that all they had was a jar of oil. Come on, somebody. It's the anointing oil that God can work with. She says, all I have is a little jar of oil. Elisha says, that's exactly what you need for a miracle to happen. You may say, what is the anointing oil? Well, the anointing oil was made up of five ingredients. The number five is the number of grace. In other words, the anointing is grace for your race. Come on, somebody. I got bars. I'll spit them right now. <laughs> the Bible says that when David, when God chose David to be the king of Israel, he sent Samuel to his house. He sent a prophet to his house and he said, anoint David with oil. Find the one and anoint him. Let me tell you something, church. And Samuel went to David's house and anointed him with oil. And the Bible says that he was anointed from that day forward. The anointing is about what's ahead. The anointing about what God has in store for your life. The anointing will get you through a tough situation. The anointing is God's grace over your life where other people have gone crazy. Some of you just need to give a testimony that you should not be in your right mind, but it was God's anointing on your life that got you to where you are today. Anointing. It's the anointing. The Bible says in Isaiah 10, 27, it shall come to pass that day that the burden will be taken from his shoulder and the yoke from his neck. That's the heaviness. That's the depression. That's the discouragement, the yoke, the things that are trying to keep you under it. But it says, but that yoke, that bondage, come on, no Satan, not today. It will be destroyed, not because of your resume, not because of your gifts, not because of who you know, not because of how talented you are. Let me tell you something. We got a lot of talented people. We don't need talented people. We need gifted people that also have the anointing of God on their lives that when they sing, strongholds are broken. We need anointing in the parking lot. We need anointing on the sound people. We need anointing on the piano player. We need anointing on the preaching. I spent my whole pastoral career preaching with no anointing and I refuse to do it anymore it's not my words that change people it's the anointing of God that are on the words that the Holy Spirit is telling me to say let me tell you something the anointing will take you to places that you your gifts talent skills and abilities could never take you it's the anointing I, I like chicken uh, I like a good wing. Come on, somebody. Good. A good buffalo wing. I'm a flats guy myself. I don't want the drumstick. I don't want a baby drumstick. Come on, somebody. I want the flats. Bring me the flats. Leave the tip because the gristle, if you're old school chicken eater, the gristle on the tip of the wing. If you're not eating the gristle, you're not a chicken eater. Come on, somebody. So they had this restaurant in our city called Jim's Hideaway. And it was advertised that this restaurant had the best wings ever. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about anointed wings. I'm talking about, come on, somebody, smoked 
for a long period of time. Hey, I feel like preaching right here. For about 14 hours, they were smoked. And then they took them after they were smoked. And they flash fried them. And then they flash fried them. And then they took them out the fryer. And they got some anointed barbecue sauce. Come on, somebody with a little honey and cayenne in it. And I'm telling you, these were the most anointed wings that I ever had in my life. Y'all ain't not going to go there, huh? So I told my wife, I said, we're going on a date night. Don't dress up. We're going to eat wings. And we went to this restaurant and we sat down. We couldn't wait, man. They had advertised the wings. I could taste. You ever went to a restaurant like, like, like you can taste it before it even comes? Come on. Where, where, where are my professional eaters at? Y'all, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So, 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 so I sat down about to order the wings. I sat down waiting for the wings. The waitress came. She says, what, you know, what do you want? Duh. Come on, somebody. I want what you advertise. She comes back to the table and says, I'm sorry, sir. We're all out of wings. Skill me. I got Skill me. You ever, like, in a situation, you don't want to set it off, so you start talking to yourself. Oh, my God. I can't believe that. Oh, my God. What are we going to do? My wife is like, remember who you are? She could go to our church. I started thinking about that. How in the world are you going to advertise wings and run off of wings? Can I tell you, the church has advertised freedom. We've advertised peace. We've advertised joy. And the one thing we can't run out of is the anointing. Come on, somebody. We cannot advertise that this is the place that people are set free and not have the presence of God. Come on. That was the old God that said, I don't want to go unless your presence goes with me. We need the anointing. This house is about others. This house is anointed. Number three, this house needs my house. Hmm. Look what it says. And Elisha said, okay, you got oil. It's about others. Now go out and borrow vessels. So in other words, I need you to send sons and daughters outside the four walls of the church to knock on doors with people who have empty hearts to knock on doors who people feel like that life has given up on them. To knock on doors of people who feel lost. See, uh, let me tell you something, church. Don't forget where you came from. You remember when you were empty? You remember when you were lost? You remember when you were suicidal? You remember when your marriage was all broken up and you felt empty and you can't believe that God uses you today? There's a city, there's Oklahoma City, there's a state that are empty buckets behind broken doors. God is looking to send some people out and go knock on doors. We need more campuses. We need to give. We need to serve. We need some sons and daughters of the house that have the spirit of the house, that go outside the four walls of the house and says, man, look what the Lord has done and if God can save me, he can save you too. We gotta be, we gotta put down shame and pick up our story and pick up our testimony and say, look what the Lord has done. Why? Because the Bible says that we don't overcome with a good resume. We don't overcome being gifted. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Is there a testimony in the room that needs to go knock on another door? So the sons that go out and they knock on the door. 
And I, I believe that the Holy Spirit came to knock on your door today. Some of you are in the room, you're like, I feel empty. I don't know how God's going to use me. You know you're gifted. You know you've got something to offer, but you don't want to offer it because you feel empty. Can I encourage you? You are right in the condition that God needs you. There's somebody else, there's a single mom who's in the room right now, and you feel empty, and you're like, man, I've been, I, I'm lonely, and I, and I need positive, you know, male mentorship for my children, and, and, and I feel empty. I don't know how God's going to use me. Have you ever been in a place where you were empty? Your hope was empty. Your future felt empty. So they go out and they says, can I use your jar? I believe the Holy Spirit is knocking on the door of your heart right now and says, can I use your emptiness? Because there's a miracle that's taking place in the house. I'm not a good borrower, personally. I'll ask somebody to borrow something and keep it. <laughs> well, they have to ask to borrow it back from me. <laughs> I'm telling you, I bought a guy's drill about five years ago. He asked me about five months ago, could he borrow my drill? God's not that kind of borrower. Can you imagine? God's doing a miracle at the house. Can we borrow your gift? So the Bible says that they take the empty jar and they go back to the house. It says this, go borrow as many empty vessels as you can, 2 Kings 4, 3 and 4, from your neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is full. God is in the business of miracles. Can I just encourage you that God is still in the business of miracles? How do I know? Because I'm a living, breathing, talking, walking miracle today. I mean, you can feel this. You can feel this hurt. You can feel this wound. Yeah, as long as you shut the door. Some of us want God to do something new, but we haven't shut the door to the old. Shut the door to your stinking thinking. Shut the door to negativity. Shut the door to fear, lean into faith. Shut the door to misery, lean into the ministry of Jesus. Man, I believe somebody's shutting the door today and God's going to do a miracle. So they get all of these buckets, all of these empty buckets. Come on, this is from the grocery store. And this woman is amazed that every bucket that comes in empty, the first one she pours in, and she thinks that all of her oil is gone, but as she's pouring out hers into others, God is multiplying hers. This is a true miracle, y'all. And she starts pouring into the single mom. And she starts pouring into the one who's suicidal. And she starts pouring into the one who has no hope. And she starts pouring into the one with anxiety. The one who just is in grief. The one who is in fear. The one who is lost. The one who is broken. The one who has been walked over. The one who has been skipped over. The one who has betrayed. And there's a miracle. Everybody came in empty, but every Everybody is leaving out full. I came to encourage you. Oh, I feel Jesus in this place. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Oh, Jesus, fill me up. Somebody needs to stand on your feet. You don't even know what worship is, but you said, God, fill me up, Jesus. Fill me up. Fill me up, Jesus.
needs my house I just want to know I want you to know that God never asks for anything that he doesn't plan to fill and you woke up empty but you're leaving out full look at the end of this passage of scripture the last point is this house will be a house of overflow we're not going to be a house of just enough we're going to be a house of more than enough when this woman told second kings 4 7 the man of god what had happened he said now go sell all the olive oil and pay off your debts and you can live off of what is left over i think the best meals are the meals that are left over. Are there any people? Come on, somebody that is about to say, we're moving. Fill me up. Come on. Fill me Come up. on, till I overflow. Till I, I want to flow over. I want to flow over. I want to flow over. Fill me up. Till I overflow. I want to flow over. I want to flow trust me in this moment can everyone just lift your hands up right now these are not hands with spiritual antennas for God to fill out fill you up right now where you are I don't know what you came in with I don't know what areas in your life that you're empty in but I know that God loves you too much to leave you empty and father right now I ask for the transformational power of the Holy Spirit to come and sit on us and dwell in us so that you can use us and do something in us so that you can do something through us father in Jesus name I pray for a supernatural miracle outpouring of the power of the Holy Ghost in this place. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. And everybody said amen. Let's celebrate God. There's a work for you to do. There's people for you to reach. There's family members to reach. There's a city to reach. There's a state to reach. There's a nation to reach. We can't do it in our flesh. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Some of you have been dry. You've been lukewarm. You've been indifferent. You've been cold. Come on, just right now for these next few moments. Come on, Pastor Shannon. Come on, would you ask God to really fill you today? Come on, God wants to use your life. Come on, ask God to fill you right now. Lord, we need your presence. We need your power. We need your anointing. God, touch us and fill us. We want to be used by you, Lord. Come on, ask God to fill you right now. Fill me up, God. 
fill me up. Fill